Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude. It is a decision. It is a project. It is a journey. It is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. The way that I went about the recording of all of these episodes was magic and universe and totally the way it needed to be. I put it out there and all these women responded and they said, yes, I feel this too. I am struggling. I have struggled. I don't want to live like this anymore. And I want to have this conversation with you about this. And this interview is with one of my new buddies and her name is Janelle and she's amazing. Actually, every single woman I get to interview is like the sister I never had. And I've always hungered for that. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of intro to what we were talking about before we even started recording because it was so magical. Conversation, like, I want to know you. I want to know your story. I want to know your trauma, what you've done to grow, your dreams, your ambitions, your hopes. Like, who are you to the core? What is your soul? Like, that. that's what I get into. So We're going to get into it together. <laughs> we're going to get, okay, so here we go. So I'm, I want to introduce you. It's Janelle McMiller. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Yes. Tell me where you're from, what your little background is. You're also professional. So you're a woman yeah. and a professional. Tell me what you are. Okay. Uh, I, I'm all the things. <laughs> I don't think we have to label ourselves or put ourselves no. in a box. So I like that. I, I am, I am Janelle. I am calling in or zooming in from St. Helens, which is just outside of Portland, Oregon. And I'm all the things. I'm a coach. I'm a guide. I'm a healer. I'm a cheerleader for women. I'm a business owner, um, a sister, a mom, a daughter, a wife, a friend. Gosh, I, I'm an introvert and I'm an empath and I'm just creating a life I'm obsessed with by doing it my way. So first of all, I've also realized that I'm an introvert trapped in an extrovert's body. So people <laughs> think I'm an extrovert. I can talk in front of a thousand people and have zero issue, okay. but I don't want, like we were talking about before, I don't want to sit and talk about nothing. And when you were telling me all the things that you are, I remember at the beginning of my journey for me, which was after I tried taking my own life and then I got this new bonus life and I was like, okay, now what? I was in a college course with an amazing professor and he made us write I am statement. And mm -hmm. I want to do this. You're the second guest that has brought this back to me to remember that we are so many more things than one thing. And mm -hmm. I actually think it's pretty empowering for a woman to write all the things that we are. Oh yeah. I've done it. In fact, I journaled today and I literally looked in my journaling, I was doing it. I, I love was just it. writing all, all the things I am. And I, I love that you said, I'm very excited to share my magic with your audience and I can't wait. And what I love that you said, you're a cheerleader for, for women. And I was, before I got sober, I'm 22 years sober and you know, embarked on this new journey of like, what the hell's next? I hated women. I wanted nothing to do with women. I was the girl in school that like, you know, girls were mean to each other and you didn't trust each other. 
And how amazing is it that at 41 years old, I find that women like you end up being my soul sisters. They're the only people I trust and I want to connect with and have conversations like this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the sister wounds run deep. I've, I've had that too. Like growing up, I was friends with a lot of men instead of women. And I, the, there were a few relationships that I really nurtured and I felt like they were sisters. I'm actually, I have a sister that I'm estranged from and I was just hurt so deeply. And even with the forgiveness work, I've just decided like those, those relationships will never be in my life or I don't foresee them. Right. However, I know that I can grow and I can expand and I can be open and allow women to come in that are meant to be with me alongside me on my journey, whether they're here from now until ever, or just for a period of time. And it feels good to know that like, I can trust women again. You said one of my keywords that I'm learning this year, and you said forgiveness work. I want to know what forgiveness means to you. Like, how would you define it? If you had to explain it to somebody, I would explain it like forgiveness is Imagine that you have shackles all over your body from all the traumatic experiences that you've gone through. Forgiveness is finding it's the key to unlock each individual lock and release you from something so that it's no longer taking space in your mind and your heart and your soul. I'm so selfishly investigating this concept because I used to think forgiveness meant like you did something wrong to me and then I'm going to let you off the hook and then it was explained to me because I didn't like who want no no thank you like so then it was finally explained to me that for this person that explained it it means you decide you no longer want to carry something and it fits so nicely into what you just said because the shackles are heavy and they make it so you can't dance and you can't breathe and you can't walk and you can't grab other things you know I think we're at this great place in our life which is probably why the response to muscle of self is so big where we're sick of being like this. Like yeah. we are ready to move forward and like change the dialogue. Yeah. I agree. I think that forgiveness, like I said, it takes up so much space within us and that space can be used for other things. And it's, it's calling back our power. It's knowing that somebody did something and they took a little piece of us. So let's call it back so that we can become whole again. I love it. Why did you say yes to this crazy conversation? Oh, as soon as, okay. So here's just such a funny story and I'll try to tell it short, but I'm not going to short story. That's okay. We're good. Um, <laughs> when you, when you popped into the group, I instantly, you'd mentioned that you were on a podcast and, and I just wanted to go and watch the podcast interview. So I didn't actually look at like who it was posting the group. I was so embedded into this podcast interview and I was watching you and the lady who I now obviously know is interviewing you. But in my mind, I had it backwards, but I was so captivated by you. And I was like, who is this woman? And then when it clicked, oh my gosh, it's you and you're the one and it's your podcast. And this is the mission behind it. I was like, of course, like, of course, this is why I was drawn in. And of course I had to go right into the video and watch your entire conversation with her. You did. Yeah. And I think it's just a feeling, anything that I do in life, I believe everything's just energy. And when I'm intuitively pulled to someone or to say yes to an opportunity, I know that it's divinely guided. And so I was just like, yeah, hundred percent. How quick can I? I love that story. (laughs) And you know what? I'm owning and honoring that part of myself as well. Cause I am also very aware of things. And when I was younger, people thought I was crazy. Cause I, I kind of was, and now I'm not crazy. I'm just awake. And so yeah. when I feel someone's energy and I'm like, I don't like that person. I don't care what you think about me having that feeling. Cause it's true. Like it's always yeah. true. <laughs> and, right? and I have to trust that. So I'm so glad you said, yes, I want to acknowledge age. 
I've been hearing a lot from women that they don't want to talk about how old they are. And I think it's bullshit. Like it's ridiculous. Like why? Like, I want to know, is that an issue you have? No, not. I just had my birthday on March 6th and I turned 34. Happy birthday. Mine's March 31st. (laughs) Tell me, um, why do you think some women don't like to talk about their age? Uh, I think because it's just been stigmatized. Like anything else, when we hold back, it's because someone has in some way, shape or form told us that it wasn't okay. Uh And so especially as we get older, there's this idea that like once you've hit your prime age, then you're lo- no longer good enough or beautiful enough or any the enough that we we put on. It's like enough and should should go away. <laughs> so, but me too. I hate the shoulds, but you know what I'm really finding out from doing these interviews with other women is that all of this, which we're going to get into our body stuff, which is the easiest to identify that we don't like, right? Like it's so easy. Yes, we can all identify. I have 150 women that wrote me their questionnaires and only two out of 150 did not select. I've always compared myself to other women when they were younger, right? So that's a normal thing that we have, which is exhausting. And (laughs) I don't want to live like that anymore. And for me, it's all about, am I enough? Am I worthy? Right. So mm-hmm. I want to gauge where you are right now on a scale of one to 10. One is I'm a monster to myself. 10 is I'm aware I'm a pretty incredible human. How would you rate yourself for the next three categories? What would you rate yourself honestly about your body image? I would probably put myself at like a seven. Okay. What about your self worth? Um, uh, 10. What about your willingness to use your voice? Nine. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay. We're going to come back to that. Tell me about the women in your life when you were growing up, when you were little girl like who was around you what did you see as like when I was growing up with my mother my grandmother they showed me what beauty was they told me what shirts I was not allowed to wear what kind of stripes you couldn't have on who did you see beauty from this is such an interesting conversation or question because the whole conversation is interesting fascinating to me um but I growing up I mean I just I wouldn't even be able to like pen I mean I I saw beauty within my mom but I saw so many different shades of beauty because my mom dealt with mental illnesses. So she had so many different ideas of what beauty was and my mom had multiple personality disorders. So I would see a mom who would take off all of her jewelry and all of her makeup if she was one personality. And then another personality literally would we'd be in the park and she'd be flashing her boobs to everybody around. And so I, I got to see like all of these different ways. I didn't have like strong female influences growing up outside of my mom. Like, Did she share her ideals of what you should or shouldn't do as a woman? So I, and my mom dealt with anorexia and I'm sure I picked up on some of it. I think if we're talking about like body image and a negative way, I think the first memory that comes up for me is when I was, gosh, I want to say six or seven, I could be totally off. I was very young. And here's the thing. We, for, we forget those little details, but the emotion is what I remember. And I was going to church and I was with my sister. My grandma came with these outfits for my sister and I to match and she so we're in the bathroom we're putting them on really quick and mine wasn't fitting me and it's because she realized that she hadn't undone the uh, like the bow tie on it to give more room and more space but I'll never forget that she said suck in because she's you know she's trying to get this thing to work out and she said suck in that's what we do like as women I had then had this idea that we suck in and I carried that 
for years. Like even throughout my pregnancy, my mom one time said, stop trying to suck in. You can't suck in. You're pregnant. Like there's a human being inside you. You're trying to like suck it into what? And even after, like, after I had my daughter, it became huge for me of like, oh my gosh, now I have, cause then I was tiny then. And I, but I still was like, okay, like that's just how you stand. That's how you present yourself. You suck in. So after having baby weight and be like, oh my gosh, now, like, I feel like I really have something to suck in and it was hard. And then it's been, it, like I said, it took years to understand that I could sit and or stand comfortably. And I didn't have to worry about trying to suck my gut in. So this is so awesome that you said that because I think that what I'm hearing a lot of lately is that we're supposed to be less than, we're supposed to be smaller. We're supposed to take up less space, whether it's with our bodies, whether it's in the workforce, whether it's in the house, whether it's at a meeting. I'm divorced and remarried and my first husband, who I get along with well now, his big thing was he would silently put his hand on my leg under the table when we were at a restaurant or with family to make me stop talking. Like he, it was, it was in every area. It was be quiet. I want you to be less than, I want you to be less sexual. I want you to be less loud. I want you to be less, you know, get rid of the things that make you stand out, you know, that are, are too much for the world. You know, and I've seen that meme that's totally not mine, but I love it. It's like this little wild girl with like a princess, like, you know, fairy thing. And it says something about like, you're going to be too much for some people. Those are not your people. And I love that, right? Like I, so I want, how old is your daughter? She'll be 18 in two months. Wow. I want to, yeah, I started again. (laughs) I want a little bit of um, information because I have three boys. Tell me raising a daughter, have you been aware of how you portray body stuff and worth in front of her and what, how's that been? Yeah. So hundred percent, I have I've 100% always been conscious of how I acted towards my body in front of her. So even through seasons of really, I mean, at times completely hating how I looked on the inside and on the outside, um, I never wanted her to see that because I didn't want to project these feelings onto her. And so I would be so cautious around the words that I used, how I reacted to myself and a reflection in a mirror, like walking by stories, you see your reflection. I always want to be like, oh, hi. just so that she could see that confidence, even if it wasn't a hundred percent within me, I think it was still authentic because I wanted that so desperately for her. And it, I have to tell you, I, my daughter, she's very special to me. She's also so we're best friends and she is the most confident woman I've ever met in my life. She is so just grounded in who she is. She just knows who she is. She doesn't apologize for it. We need to stop apologizing for who we are mm-hmm. and how we are, right? Like, yeah, I, in the way that you're talking about her, that is for me, beauty and strength. Don't you believe, I mean, you have to honor that you did that. You were a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I know that she's her own person, but I feel so much gratitude and pride for being able to raise an incredible human. <laughs> she, she's just one of those, like she, and she, she's been on this mission to like work out more, like to gain muscle. So as you're gaining muscle, obviously, if you step on the scale, you're going to see a higher number and like, she'll celebrate the shit out of a higher number. Like she's excited. She's gotten some stretch marks on her body and she's like, Oh my gosh, look, mom, I made stretch marks. Like you made stretch marks. Like she's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I, when I first started getting stretch marks, so her dad, I was with him. I met him when I was 12. 
literally together from 14 years old to 26, like lived together. That was, and it wasn't always the healthiest relationship. And he would always tell me just how ugly and gross he thought stretch marks were. And then even after having, so I have a son too. So I have two, two children with him and he would make these like sideways comments. For an example, like your stretch marks are beautiful to me because I know that our children created them, but nobody else would think they're beautiful. And he did that with a lot of parts of my body that then took a lot of me really going in and healing so that I could love my, so much of my body that I didn't love was because other people made me feel like I couldn't or I shouldn't love it. So don't you think that that was the voice that you also heard in your own head was- Oh, absolutely. Right? I have a question. You mentioned that even when you were not loving your body or yourself, you showed your daughter a different, so she didn't see that negativity. What were you going through at that time that made you not love your body or yourself? I think just the relationship that I was in, um, that very much was my surrounding was this relationship. So I didn't have a lot of outside friends. I didn't talk to a lot of, a ton of people. I wasn't like on social media. Uh, And so it was hearing this, this negative talk from him. And then it would just replay in my head. And then by this point, like I said, there were some things when I was younger that would happen. And so my subconscious and my conscious mind was always just uh, defaulting to your, you're too fat, you have too many stress marks. In our head that wouldn't stop. Uh Yes. Yeah. And so, and then I deal with depression and anxiety and these things that would just bring me to such a low energetic state that all of those words would just replay over and over and get so loud. They're like, I mean, it was almost impossible to tune them out at points. Exhausting, right? It's super exhausting. Tell me, um, going back to when you were younger, what do you remember not liking about your body or being aware of about your body when you were like in your teens? So I... And this, this, the whole pattern will be people telling me how I should feel about my body. As I go to tell you this story, I'm like, oh, here's another one. Like I said, I got pregnant when I was 15 and walking, and this was a good friend of mine who didn't mean any harm. I think a lot of times when we hear things, people aren't doing it to be vicious. It's just, it's that, it's what everybody else is saying and doing, right? Until we break the cycles. It was more so my family. So this isn't like body image. It's just like how it was. Like my family was like highly disappointed. And I mean, but I didn't have a dad that was around. My mom was emotionally unavailable at that time. And I was going to be with this guy who was very controlling. And so it was mostly kind of shifting and pivoting in my life knowing like things are going to change and I'm losing my power. Like I'm going from, I think with him, there was this degree of protection. Like now I'll be protected. Now I'll be safe and held and taken care of but it wasn't in a healthy way. So it was like that shift. And then obviously like, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't having, it wasn't day-to-day body issue images at that point until I got pregnant and then starting to gain weight, starting to get stretch marks. I was getting ready to tell you about this story when my friend, we were walking into a Safeway grocery store and she made a comment of how wide she was like, oh my gosh, your, your hips have separated now. And I was like, what? And that's the first day that I started paying attention to the width of my body and talking about taking up space for the next several years after that and stuff that I've recently started kind of I'm working with a coach to just get past these little things that still pop up in my brain is how wide am I? If I sit down and do how much space am I, am taking? I taking? If somebody's up? sitting next right. to me, yeah. Like, right. I, and you I think heard that comment and then that. that becomes your comment. Am, do I look wide right now? Do I look- And that was when I was 15 and like here I am 34. Like the, the things that people say, like I said, even if it's not done in a bad 
way, it just, I mean, it can really dominate our thought process depending on where we are emotionally and how much we soak that in to our subconscious thought pattern. Like that can be, it's it's a never ending cycle until then you have to do all the work to disrupt that and to replace it with a better thought process. Something you said that I think is really, really interesting is about losing your power. And one of the things I want to, to talk about with muscle of self is not only body stuff is also our worth and our voice. And I think that for me, I grew up in an alcoholic home. My parents got sober when I was 13, but then they were like heavily involved in being sober. And I was already out the door, peace out, like, you know, using and everything. And I went after relationships and guys for my worth. So I found my self-worth in a guy wanting me. And I use my sexuality and my body to feel work. And if I didn't have the attention from a guy, my power was gone. And I'd want to like kill myself. And then the next, if I got a message from that guy, I was okay. And when you were talking about that, about losing our power, I actually think that for me and a lot of women I've communicated with relationships and regardless of gender become a way that we get our worth. And Mm -hmm. everyone knows that that is healthy, that you cannot be in a good relationship if you don't love yourself. And Mm -hmm. Right. My husband, mm-hmm. I'm remarried. He lives in another state. We are together every other weekend. That's it. And if I was not okay with who I am, I would be very, very lonely and depressed. And I don't feel like that at all. It's yeah. about being okay. Right. So do you feel like a lot of your stuff was the worth from the relationship? Because if you knew that he was treating you in a way that wasn't right, just like me, I was not willing to walk away. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I didn't going into the relationship. I don't think I had a lot of self-worth. I didn't really understand that. Um, my mom had been remarried a couple of times. My dad too. There, I had sexual abuse and trauma when I was younger. And so I don't think I really honed in on like my power and my worth and who I was and how magical I was. And I didn't really even start that journey until I left that marriage. And then I started understanding like as humans, we're incredible. Like we can, our lives can be extraordinary. It's all about what we want and how big we can dream. And then we can feel it. It's like painting a picture and then taking the time or like drawing out a picture and then taking the time to color it in. And then, but yeah, I didn't, that just wasn't, that wasn't even verbiage. It wasn't a way of life growing up. What kind of work have you done about your sexual abuse and past to get to a place of healing so it doesn't own you? Forgiveness work. And what, like, can you give us a couple of examples of some, because there's so many women that I know that have had this experience. Like what kind of action work have you had to do? So, and I, and I've done this all just independently. I, so action work would be the journaling, going back to those times. And this gets very spiritual, but going back to the times and being there for Janelle at this age and this age and this age, when these things happen and telling her you're okay, you're yes. protected, everything will be okay. And just it's like that word, just constantly, you're okay. And you're protected repeatedly. So they could disrupt those thoughts of I'm not safe. Somebody's going to hurt me. They can take advantage of me. Just the uncomfortable stuff, even at, like I was molested at such a young age. So once again, like none of the, this verbiage came to me, but I knew at that age, I, this feels icky. Like this doesn't feel good. I know that this isn't supposed to be. I know that they shouldn't touch me like this. And it's, it's going back and it's reminding that little girl that she, she is okay. And I can protect her now. And then even just sitting with her, like going through when I do this, I mean, I set up such a 
safe space if any of your listeners are listening. Like, I don't think you just close your eyes and take yourself to such a traumatic space. Right. Um, but I have tangible items around me to remind myself that I am here. I am, I am okay. And then sometimes it's been just reliving a moment that is so painted into my picture, like etched into my memory and just sitting with her, knowing that this thing did happen, but look at where I am now. And I have, so this is why I do gratitude and forgiveness work because gratitude allows us to have that perspective so that I could be there, so that I could sit with her knowing that it was a moment in time. That's not my story. That's a part of my story. I like to tell my clients that it's like, we have our life book. We've all heard that analogy, but it's like when things happen to us, we can take that book and you take a little expert and you, you decide what did you learn from that? So I learned resilience. I learned how to be with myself how to trust myself, like through all these different things that have happened in my life, there's something I have learned and I can have compassion for people who have hurt me. I can have compassion for people who have taken advantage of me. And then the, I decide what I take and I put like a footnote in my life book to remind myself what a badass I am. But then I take everything else and I put it in a new volume on a bookshelf in like the corner of the room. If I want to go and I want to look and I want to reminisce for whatever reason, I can go. Like it's, we can get to those parts in our brains, but we don't have to live there. Can and I just tell you something? So I only have a brother and we're not close, unfortunately. And I've always wanted a sister and I don't have any, like, I, I have lots of friends I love, but I've never had like sister. And I'm getting all these sisters from you guys because we're talking about something that's real. And everything you just said, like, I'm so excited because I want you on my must love self team, like to pass to other <laughs> clients. Because when I do this coaching work with other women who don't want to live like this anymore, there's going to be women for absolute certainty that need what you have that I do not. And I think that every single one of our stories, we don't want to throw them out because they can help another person. And I find that, like you said, that letter writing to ourselves mm. is power. Like mm. actually saying, I get to be the woman and the human that Carly needed so badly when she was nine that I that I wish somebody would have grabbed me when I was 15 in the high school hallways and I felt like nothing and would have just taken me in the bathroom and said, listen, you're coming with me today and we're going to talk, right? Like, so yeah. my question to you is what would you say to your 15 or 16 year old self today if you could talk to her? All right, so 15, 16, that's when I was having uh, my daughter. I mean, any of those younger ages, really, I would just tell her that life is going to be incredible and to just breathe through it. That the hard times, the challenging times, that's what's going to make you as powerful as you'll end up being. And you get to become this future version of yourself every single day. So just live into it. Like, let it be, believe, trust, honor who you are. Like, I would just speak all of those words into her because she didn't know those words. And then I would just give her a really big hug. Like, even if I could just not say anything, I would just love to go and, and wrap her in my arms. I love this so <laughs> much. And I'm hearing a lot lately that we need to hold space for other people when they're having whatever they're experiencing because our go-to is like, how can I make this better? Especially as a parent. And right now I'm really trying to just hold space when people are struggling and not make it better just be there thank you I I there's so much like I said dealing with depression for the majority of my life 
I have people who've tried to, what can I do? How can I help you? And when you're in the thick of depression, nothing can help you in those moments. Sometimes just going to sleep is what I need to do. I need to wake up to a different day. But I, I have a client who has lost a couple different people to suicide. And she was saying, I just don't know what to say to, to these people to, to help them, their families. And I said, don't say anything. The, we, we want to fill space with words. And the thing that we need most often is just emotion and we need comfort and you don't need any type of words for that. Just be there for them. My, I'm remarried as well to a man that I, I believe I manifested this relationship wholeheartedly into my life. And he's, he's such a support and he's so incredible. And he doesn't, there's so much of mental health that, I mean, he never even knew about until he met me, <laughs> but he, he has that innate understanding now of when, if Janelle is feeling any type of depression and I'm very open and honest with my children now are almost 13 and 18 and they know. And, and even with all the work I've done, we don't just drop these things, right? So sometimes something can happen and I can have a really good day. And then let's say one thing happens and I'm really, I love to paint pictures with analogies. So imagine you're like up on this cliff and you're dancing and you're having fun and and then somebody kind of pushes you next to the cliff. So now you're a little scared. You're still having fun. But you're like, whoa. But then something else happens and you've now fallen off the cliff. So of course you've done all the work, but you've fallen off the cliff. You're going to reach that water. You're going to start to panic as you feel like you're drowning. And I think that's what depression is. And it's just trying to like swim your way back up to the top. But it's it's scary and it's overwhelming. And I call, when I talk to my family, I'll tell them like, I'm having a dark day. Or I'll say like, hey, I just got pushed off the cliff. Like pushed off the right. cliff. And that means I need time alone. Like, I don't need, I don't want anybody talking to me. When, right. The thing too is like, when you have so much depression, you have zero energy to give to yourself or less somebody else. So don't, don't talk to me. Don't tell me words. I can't talk back and I can't hear what you're trying to say to me. Like, just give me space. But That's let because me know you know yourself. You've done this work to know yourself. Yeah. And back to your yeah. analogy, if you've fallen off the cliff, you've gone in the water and you're swimming back up. If you get to make it to the top, you're going to be exhausted. Like, exactly. Well, that's why we need the support. We need those people around us. And I think there still is so much stigma, stigma around like, if you have a counselor or a coach, or if they're like anybody who can be a support system, even your best friend, we as women, so many times we hide from our best friends because we're like, oh, I don't want to tell her this. Well, I don't want to tell her this. What will she think? Meanwhile, you are depriving yourself of the support that you need and deserve so that you can continue on so that you can be the healthiest version of yourself. And it's selfish because if you don't give them permission to see our scars and our beauty and our ugly and all of it, then they have to feel like they have to be perfect too. And so I think that yeah. one of my jobs on this earth is to give other people permission to be a mess, to be a beautiful mess and to just be, because this is it. Like, this is real. We're doing the best we can. I mean, I feel so lucky to be in your space. And I want to read something that you wrote down. You said, I believe that when we are struggling, it's almost impossible to go from self-hate to self-love, like you were talking about earlier. But it is always possible to choose a different thought. We can go from self-hate to self-acceptance to self-appreciation to self-light to self-love. And I, I want mm -hmm. you to talk a little bit about this because it's not so black and white. It is a baby step process. So tell me about that. Yeah, it's funny. So many people will message me, like people that I don't know, or even people that I'm really close to. And they say things like, Kill, you're so happy. You're so positive. You're so inspirational. And I'm like, I have just grown through the trauma and I am. I embody gratitude and that allows me to have moments of being inspirational because I'm sharing my story with you. It allows me to have moments of happiness. I don't think we, 
need to sit in any one emotion. And I am such a deep feeler. And I think that we have, we feel, I feel everything. I, I've said like my feelings have feelings and those feelings have feelings. I have to try to decide what's going on. Cause then I have all of my thoughts dictating them. So it's like, it gets very complex, but I think that when being in a moment of, or even sometimes it was like a season of depression. And like I said, not loving who I was very much struggling, not even having hope. If somebody came to me and said like, just be happy. Well, I don't know what happy is. You're telling, you're speaking a, a language that I don't understand, but the, the thing that I've learned is we get to choose our thoughts. Like our emotions come and our thoughts come too, but we get to choose them. We get to say, how do I want to think? How do I want to feel? Is this serving me? Is it making me? And like, if you have somebody that's listening, that's like, what is, is this serving me mean? It's just like, when you think a thought, how does your body react to that thought? Is it empowering you? Do you sit up straighter? Do you walk with like confidence or is it making you sluggish? Is it making you feel like you're going to cry? Is it bringing on those lower like vibes, the envy, the jealousy, the hurt, the pain? Like, right. are you feeling that? You have to know what and it what's does the opposite. Right. I don't look at any celebrity or any magazines or any women that like, I don't watch any of those things anymore because they make me feel ugly and I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. So I, I learned that, right? So if you know what's not serving you, what helps you get from your self-hate to self-acceptance for you when you're struggling? Like what helps you? Boundary setting, number one, is such a big thing. So even let's talk about social media. It's crazy. And there's so much opportunity to compare yourself to someone else. Or even like, let's say you see a picture of somebody that looks very much like you. And you're like, oh my gosh, we're so similar. And then you get into some comments and people are putting them down or they're, they're saying hateful things. And you're like, oh, and then you could actually start to internalize that, right? So a lot of boundaries with social media media and then boundaries with people in my life. If you are a toxic person, if you have toxic energy, I'm not going to have you in my life. That doesn't mean I need to go to you and be like, you don't get to be in my, we don't need to be petty. We don't need to make a display. It's, I know I, I don't invite you in. It's Glennon Doyle had this beautiful saying in her book Untamed, which I loved. And she talked about the islands, like she's on her island. And I had literally, I had this big dry erase board and I drew out that night that when I read that chapter, I drew out this island. It was like, here's the people on my island. And then I drew another island because I have a community. That's what I do with Synquility. So it was like, here's my community island. Here's my island of really strong supporters, but like, it's not my family. And then everyone else in the ocean, I can have love for them and respect, but like, they're not my people. If they say something that doesn't resonate with me, I have this, I call it the fuck it bucket. Like that's where all of those thoughts and opinions are other people that are negative. They, they all go in the fuck it bucket. Like I just chuck in the fuck it bucket and then over my, over my fireplace, I have that quote that I love. And it says, behold the fields in which I grow my fuck, lay thine eyes upon it and see that it is barren. And my son, my 14 year old was just telling me he cares about everything as he's a teenager. And he's like, mom, what about this? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like who can, but yeah. I couldn't, I had to get to this place through my worth and all the, the work yeah. we're doing. But also I had to start making choices for myself. Like you were talking about, about who I wanted on that island and who I didn't. And I needed to make healthy choices that were going to make it so I could have a fucking bucket. Yeah. Cause you can't have one if you care about everyone else, because then you're going to be worried that they saw you throw it in there right like who cares 
<laughs> I exactly. I think we spend so much time worried about the thoughts and opinions of other people. Number one, most of the time we don't even know we're projecting the shit out of that situation. Yes. Like I'm gonna project that you think this way of me. And if I'm projecting, why do I do such a disservice to myself to project that you're gonna think something negative of me? And so right there is just a good thought pivot where you can if you find yourself saying, Oh my god, so we we talk a lot about body acceptance, right? So oh my gosh, they're gonna think I look fat instantly, like oh my gosh, they're gonna love this shirt I'm wearing. Just change the thought. And I know what it's like to find the, the idea of changing your thought so completely, like I said, hopeless. Like, how do I change my thought? But it, it sounds easy because the action is easy. Change your thought. And then when you change it, yes, you're gonna have all these other things come up, but combat them. Imagine you are a baseball player and these balls are coming at you and, and hit them away. Do some grand yes. slams, like hit it out of the park and then fill your mind with beautiful affirmations about yourself. And, and things that you can believe in and things that are a stretch. So if you are at that place of just self-acceptance, well, now how do you like yourself? Yes, it feels a little uncomfortable, but find something. You can like your- Such little mo moments and little switches. I like you said about thought pivots. Like for example, I see this all the time with women and I changed it and I, I call other women out on it. So if I say, oh my God, Janelle, you look so nice. And then they go, "Ugh, I do not. I say, stop it. I yeah. just said, you look nice. Now you say, thank you. I think so. So too because when we say oh I don't that immediately shuts down someone just try to give you like a beautiful little sunshine ball and you're like no I'm gross like what is that I love about? a sunshine ball right I I do this work I just wrapped up one of my masterminds and we literally did a whole a whole exercise around this because it is, we, we do that or we deflect or it's like, oh, thank you. But you look so great too. Right. And it's like, it's nice to return with a compliment, but you don't have to. And that's because you're uncomfortable with somebody giving you a compliment. So go within and just ask yourself, why does that make me so uncomfortable? And that's how it's easy. But when people say, I, I know I have work to do, but I don't know what it's like, these are the little moments when we can figure out what is the work I need to do. If somebody gives you a compliment around something and it's hard for you to accept, think back, like when's the last time you got a compliment or when's the last time you thought about that? part of your body or like track and ask what made it a negative experience to where now it's uncomfortable for you. You just and, um, the same gem. When you ask that question, why does this make me so uncomfortable? I think we can use that question to help us figure out the areas that we need the mo most growth. Yeah. Well, that's why in growing growth is uncomfortable. Listen, you'll find everybody that says like, you need to get uncomfortable. I don't think we need to get super uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I think you need enough to make that little bit of a shift. I don't think like if you're, if you want to be a speaker and you don't feel comfortable opening up your voice, by no means book a speaking gig in front of 1500 people, but maybe do a little video clip. that's not even live on your Instagram, get used to using your voice. So that's when I think about being uncomfortable for growth purposes, I don't mean throw yourself off the cliff. <laughs> yes, and I think the other thing with like our thought process is it's the consistency piece. So that's why I love affirmations because yes, if you say something one time, it's going to be hard to believe and you're going to forget it. And you're going to default back to the negative self talk because remember that's your, uh, your subconscious mindset, like clockwork, tick tock, tick tock. But if we can say things to ourselves consistently all the time, that's how we start to believe those things because that's what we're hearing. And you can't just say it in your mind, say it in your mind, say it outward, look in a mirror, say it third person and first person, yes. like get creative with how can I tell myself what a badass I am and then start to believe it because 
It's all over the place. I have sticky notes all over my house talking about what a badass. I want to know what your favorite quote is. Oh my gosh. My, the quote is, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family by Mother Teresa. And I just have to say, when I read that, when I see the go home and like the love your family, the first person I think is yourself. Like, because mm-hmm. it starts with yourself. You are your family. I love it. I love it I, too. I, we, it's a, we do a lot of this where we're looking outward all the time. And it's just like, look within. If you're, if you're overwhelmed because you have the news on and you're seeing a horrible world, turn off the news, shut off the noise. And then look what, who's around you. Like I have my cat over here. She's, he's just sleeping on the windowsill and the sun's peeking in. And I'm so grateful just looking at how restful and peaceful my cat looks. Like I don't need to think about all the bad things. Moments, going. Right. It's those teeny, it's teeny little moments. tiny moments. Yeah. Are you ready for lightning round? Oh, sure. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do a lightning <laughs> round. So here we go. Okay. okay. Tell me what you would tell your 80 year old self, what your 80 year old self would say to you right now. Uh, do it your way. I love it. In terms of your body, what judgment would you like to let go of so you can go from a seven to a 10? Not caring about what I think other people are going to think about it. <laughs> so are there things I think I still have a little bit. Like? You're you trying to do a lightning round, but I have to tell you, this is what I'm working on with my coach and we're in the tail no, end. No, it's like, this is fine. I, I, okay. I, I love, when I look in the mirror, if I see myself walking by, like if I get out of the shower from anywhere where I'm just looking at my body naked or dressed up in clothes I have so much gratitude and love like actual love for how I look but if I know like if you were to have said today hey we're gonna meet at a coffee shop and we're gonna do this interview I know that in the past and now I'm working on it so I'm really it's really shutting but the my past would instantly think well what will Carly think when she sees me and so it's letting go of that and the last three times I've met up with somebody the thought did not come into my head and so I'm aware that I still have work to do because I know it will try to creep back up but I think I'm shedding it and once I get rid of that I, I think I'll be at a full blown so you because think your seven it. is because you're still worried about what other people think about your body because you love your body yeah I think I I had so many years of people saying that my body wasn't good enough that that's still embedded so deep in my brain that I'm working on that. And once I can release that, I'll be fine. And and I just want to put this caveat in case anyone's listening. They're like, okay, well, I love my body too, but what if I do want to lose weight? Or what if I want to gain muscle or change my hair color, whatever? That's okay. We can love ourselves for how we are right now and decide that we want to have a change, as long as we're deciding for ourselves, then it's okay. But if you are deciding because of, again, like you think this society wants you to look a different way, that's where just more work needs to come in and be done. I love that you said that because I want other women to hear that I am not about like, let yourself go and do nothing. Like I am what works for you. What makes you feel strong and confident and beautiful. So I raised three babies out of my body. I nursed them for 30 months and I would like my boobs to be higher. I don't want new boobs. I just want them back (laughs) to where they originally were. And I have no problem admitting, and I would never be ashamed about it. One day I will lift these girls up and it's not for anyone because I'm not going to a beach with them. It's for me because I want that. Right. And so no shame in anyone's game. Right. Like I, but I think what you were talking about before, we have to change our vocabulary. So I'm no Mm -hmm. longer allowed for myself to say skinny or fat about myself. I say strong, fit, healthy, in shape for me, because I want to be able to run. I want to be able to do things, not because of anything other than I want my body to be able to work. 
rather than yeah it's just knowing it's knowing the why behind the things that we want and anchoring into that I love it what is beautiful to you love is beautiful to me patience kindness confidence <laughs> like all the things that really you can't see feeling just love is it's an emotion it's a feeling and I think the things that make me feel and seem the most love are are is those like moments with my family that's love tell me what a strong woman means to you what does it mean to be a strong woman oh my gosh a strong woman would be someone who knows who she is and accepts all of herself like the challenging parts the parts that need help the parts that are thriving your dreams like knowing that you can have an extraordinary life and you can be obsessed with your life also knowing that like you can make changes I have one tattoo it's the ampersand sign because I think we can have this and that. We can be everything and anything that we want. And when you have that, when you know that you can create your life, like that's a lot of fucking power. That's magic. That's strength. Oh my God. I love you. I have three more questions. <laughs> what do you want others to say about you when you're not in the room? Did you say, what do I want others to say about me? Uh, I want them to say, okay, Carly, we're going to go back to feeling like, um, well, so I, I want them to feel some somehow inspired when I'm in a room. I want to leave an impression of, oh, I'm inspired to to go and do this in my life and that could even be like go home and take a nap <laughs> or go home and write a speech because I want to be a speaker or write a book like I just want to inspire inspire others but I if they were to say something I'd want them to say even if it's to their journal today Janelle saw me and I felt seen oh, that is so massive and I really love what you added to that because I'm going to add it to other people's questions what do you want other people to feel from you because yeah. that really is I want, I love this idea because we can make other people feel one way or another. You're going to make someone feel yeah. something, right? Last two questions. If you found out that December 31st, 2021 was your last day on earth, what would you like to do for the rest of the year? So what would I like to do from, from now to the next nine months? Oh my gosh. What would I like to do? It, I kind of would just, I would do everything that I'm still doing. I can't think of one thing that I would just change. I, I truly feel even in this pandemic, like I am such an introvert. Like I live, I, everything that I have and want and need is within me and it's within my home. And so even like all the work that I do with my community, with my clients, it's all right here. Like I'm literally living my dream. Like you being here right now, you are in my dream with me and we're just co-creating and collaborating and living this ex human experience together. So I would keep doing this. That and I have a family so vacation plan. It's like all the things that I want to do are, are in plan. They're all lined up. You're making it happen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last words. And by the way, they're not actually last words because you're going to be stuck with me because I'm so excited to have connected with you. What oh, one piece you. of advice would you want every woman to hear? I would want them to hear, oh, this is a great question. I just have so many things flying into my brain right now. I would want them to hear that it's okay to to be still in this moment I'm, I'm sure if you asked me tomorrow or earlier I'd say something different but life is busy and it's messy and it's extraordinary and it's grand and celebrate oh I would say that too oh my gosh because women need to hear that from waking up in the morning to folding the clothes to taking care of the kids to going to work to being a spell like celebrate life take mom but that goes back to being still take moments to just pause and sit in the gratitude before transitioning into the next thing what have you said to yourself? Have you patted yourself on the back? Have you high-fived yourself? Like take those moments to just be still and just sit in whatever emotions coming up and honor it and wrap it with gratitude. And I just tell you that the reason why you're able to answer the way you answered about December 31st is because you're living that. So you don't have to change your life and start going, oh crap.
crap, I need to start living. You're doing that. Mm -hmm. And you inspire me. So I feel seen and I feel inspired to take more moments to pause. Thank you. Oh my so gosh, much. that just makes my heart feel so good. You make my heart <laughs> feel so good. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate, review, and share with your lady friends. If you're ready to do the work it's going to take to love yourself as you are, your body, your worth, and your voice, please reach out to me at carlyisrael.com and we can connect. I offer one on one private coaching virtually as well as small, intimate groups. It's going to take a ton of work and a lot of commitment on your part, but I promise to be in your corner. I hope you have an amazing day, and I hope you spread the light you feel with others so they can feel it too. La, 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 la,